0: East Pasadena Street
1: in the city of Pomona. You're
0: listening to our live Bible class, Inside the Page, here on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., our Sunday morning service, Sunday morning live, begins at 8 a.m. If you've missed out on any teaching, preaching, or exhortation, please visit ConnectingTruth.org And click God on Demand for messages you don't want to miss. This is Pastor Carl Henderson, and my prayer is that something is said to build your faith. you for your grace and your mercy for blessings to gather together again on this tuesday evening lord god where we can review your word meditate on your word lord be enlightened by your word father we pray and ask in the name of jesus that you would bless those that are listening to the audience each one that is here under the sound of my voice lord god those that are on their way lord god I ask that you would bring them in safely in jesus name amen If you're joining us, we are journeying through the book of Ezekiel, whose name means God will strengthen. All of us need to be strengthened for the journey. Every last one of us need the strength of God. Ezekiel is considered one of many major prophets by the theologians and Bible students uh, across the land. But I just want to say, if God gives a child or anyone a word for you, don't ignore it. That's major. If God sends anyone your way to give you a message from him, that's major in itself. You need to hear from heaven. You need a word from God. Ezekiel's messages in the beginning were not easy. They were very difficult, and they weren't accepted by uh, the people that he was talking to. He was prophesying destruction, and that's not an easy message to present. God had to tell him that he needed to be strong. He needed to uh, have a made-up mind and not waver in the message. And so this was not an easy task. It's never an easy task when you talk to someone about chastisement or punishment or something that they're doing. Even in our natural, when we're dealing with our children and you start talking to them about uh, about uh, don't do this or don't do that, uh, and it's based sometime upon our own experience that you'll suffer the consequences of, of what you're about to do, uh, and it's unavoidable, or it's going to catch up with you down the line, or you know, or maybe we saw someone else do the same thing and what they did uh, had terrible consequences that, that followed. And so the Ezekiel's message was telling the people that there is destruction that is on the way. Now, the central figure of the book of Ezekiel is God. We should never lose focus over the fact that God is uh, the center of everything. Matter of fact, he's the audience. Well, it, it, it could be 100, a, a 200, 300 of us in here. God is the audience. He's the He's the uh, the audience. We're the one to worship. We're there to worship him. We're not there to be entertained by God. We're there to worship and to praise him. Uh, the Bible said that he's looking for those that worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and that's what we're about. We're about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. The book opens with a unique vision uh, of the glory of God, where Ezekiel sees the seraphims. He sees the the You the see the wheel in the middle. You see the eyes. You see different things that are symbolic, which I will not uh, go into this evening. But for those of you that have been following along, uh, you, you may remember uh, what the significance is of those different things that I just mentioned. The phrase you shall know that I am the Lord reoccurs 33 times throughout the text. The Lord is emphasizing that he is the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul to the church of Corinth said, wherefore, my beloved, flee from adultery. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. We should think about what is being said, not just listen to it, not just hear it, not just, uh, you know, I like to sit with the TV on in this atmosphere and uh while i'm reading a book or uh, i'm doing something it's just noise you know in the background but we should never just allow the word of god to become noise in the background it's fine to have the word of god playing but there comes a time where you have to stop and pay attention to what god is saying it's fine to have music you know, we have our worship music playing and, you know, but then there's times where we want to stop and we should stop and just and just sing along and have devotion and and let and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And you don't have to carry a perfect tune, but make a happy noise unto the God that you serve. The Bible goes on to say in the uh, Ezekiel, the 20th chapter, that's where we are. Ezekiel 20, verse seven through 14. Then said I unto them. Cast ye away every man the abomination of his eyes and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and would not hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abomination of their eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I would not for my name's sake that that it should not be polluted before the heathen, among whom they were in whose sight I made myself known unto them in bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt. Wherefore, I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statues and I showed them my judgment, which if a man do, if a man, if you and I, a woman, child, if a man should do, he shall live in them. Moreover, also, I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them that they might know I am the Lord that sanctify them. I set you apart from everyone else. The difference is made because you know me, and I know you. But the house of Israel rebelled against me. They rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statues, and they despised my judgment, which if a man do, he shall live in them. And my Sabbath, they greatly polluted. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. But I brought for my namesake that it should not be polluted before the heathen in the sight. I brought them out. I don't want the people that they're around to see me upset with them. The Bible, if you recall in the first verse, uh, it says it came to pass in the seventh year in the fifth month, the 10th day of the month that certain of the elders came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. This is Ezekiel. Uh, the elders, the, the 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 aged men, the men that the Lord gave specific instructions to refer to them as elders because of their age and their wisdom. Now, the Lord gave this instruction. He said, He said, look out, find the honorable men, those that are wise, those that have good reputations. He didn't say go out and find anyone that had gray hair don't just pick anybody because everybody is not wise it don't matter how long they've been on the earth you have young fools and you have old fools everybody is not honorable you have some that are dishonorable you have some that have not changed their ways and their ways are very corrupt they've done things that they have not repented of that they have not changed their lifestyle of. and even though they may have grown old and I, i'm put it this way as i've heard someone say Uh, They've grown old and decrepit. They still have nasty thoughts in their mind. God didn't say make them an elder. Don't reference them as an elder. They're dirty old men. Stay away from dirty old men. Teach the children to stay away from dirty old men and some dirty old women, too. And so uh, the elders that should have been honorable, that should have been wise, that should have known, that knew the word of God, that knew the way was now sitting in front of Ezekiel asking questions. We like to ask questions, but we don't always like the answer that we get. When, when people don't like the answer that they receive uh, when they're questioning the, the minister, then they, they start after a while, they mysteriously just start missing church. Uh, they stop uh, participating. They, after a while, they, uh, some find themselves someplace else to go uh, others uh, just stop going. At all. They don't like the answer that they received. The answer is already found in the word of God. You really don't have to ask me unless you're reading a scripture or something and say, I don't understand it. Please explain it to me and we'll pray about it and we'll and we'll and we'll review it. However, most of the questions that we have are already list, already in the word of God. We just have to sit down and read. We just have to sit down and. And think about what has already been ministered to us, and we'll have the answer and then put it into practice. We can have knowledge about uh, about different things, but if we don't practice those things, then what, does, what good does the knowledge do? We like to ask, but we don't want the answer. We like a fiery message sometimes. We come to service and we want the message to be... Fiery and uh, minister to to really be uh, 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 really uh, demonstrative, you know, in his deliverance of the message. But sometimes we need slow instruction. We need slow rain, uh, so that we can get the message and receive what is truly necessary to nurture our relationship with God. That's what I love about teaching because because you you get to, you slow things down. And you nurture your relationship with God. It's important to nurture the relationship when, you, when you're in a relationship with an individual. It's important to to understand them and to nurture so you can nurture the relationship if it's going to go somewhere. Uh, other than that, if everything is fast paced, if it's if it's microwaved and, uh, you know, if it's moving fast and and it's always I I love you and, and it's never no serious business. And when it comes down to it, there's no fruit behind it. There's no nothing solid there. It's going to fade away and it's not going to last very long. So you need to nurture uh, the relationship. The Lord said, here's my answer. Give this answer to, uh, to he gave this answer to Ezekiel. And for those listening, the elders, he said, cast ye away every man the abomination of his eyes. Now, abominations are loathsome things, detestables, nasty, hateful, sinful, wicked, or foul, vile. You know, it's awful in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, What are some of the things that, that you know that fit into that as being abominable, being an abomination? I'm sure that that we know some things. There may have been some things that we did before we gave our life to Christ. Uh, there may have been some things that we've seen or heard that we can think of, uh, that we were exposed to, that we know are not good, that are offensive unto the Lord. Not only offensive to him, but you look at those things and they're offensive to your brother, your sister, your relatives, and anyone else that you, uh, that you're close to or even a stranger. He told him, he said, cast the abomination from your eyes. Men, we read about Job. Job uh, suffered and went through things and, you know, and, and they've written songs and Job's wife looked at it and, and told him, why don't you curse God and die? You know? But there's more to it that went on in Job's life. Job was a man of integrity. And one of the things that Job said is that he made a vow with his eyes. He said he made a vow, a a covenant with his eyes that he would not look on young women. He would not look on anyone. He's married. Why should I be looking at another woman and I'm married? Keep my eyes to myself. I have daughters. Why do I want to do that? Knowing that I'm, I'm going to reap what I sow. So if I'm standing around looking at someone else's daughter, somebody's going to be looking at my daughters. Someone's going to be doing something crazy that. I don't want them to do because because I've provoked that and opened that up because that's the way I'm acting. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look at another woman. God is telling her he said, remove the, abomin- the abomination from your eyes. Remove those things that you're looking at that you know are offensive to me. He said, defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. Egypt was a place of painful bondage. It's Exodus three, seven through nine said, and the Lord said, I, I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land. that's what the Lord is trying to do. Bring us out of a place of bondage and break us into a good place uh, to a land flowing with milk and honey to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Parasites and the Hiv- Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians put on them. I see what people are doing. I see what's going on in your life. And I don't want you to be in that position, that predicament. I want to bring you out and I will bring you out. I've seen it. I've heard it. And I've come to make a difference. If God has come to make a difference in our lives, we should allow him to make the difference. And we ourselves should strive to conform to what he is asking. Exodus 6, 5 through 7. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. I will make you as my people and I will be your God then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. Now, the Lord went through and we all know the story. We're familiar with the movies that we've seen and uh, the uh, the different uh, plays that have gone on regarding the deliverance of Israel, where the Lord sent Moses there uh, to deliver them, the plagues that came upon Egypt. uh, We've seen it in, in, in movies. We've seen it, you know, in in different scenarios and we've read about it. And so the Lord went through and did a lot to bring those people out of the situation, just like God has done and have patiently worked with us to bring us out of bondage and bring us into freedom to present us, to set us uh, faultless in his presence. However, the children of Israel did not appreciate. They kept going back. They kept reverting back to the very thing that God said, stop doing. Now, idols in Egypt, and I, I have a list of idols on your syllabus, and, I, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but, but uh, you can read them on your own time. But some of them uh, are the Egyptian god uh, Ammon was considered the king of the gods or goddesses, thought to be the father of the pharaohs. Mut, the mother goddess of the Egyptians. The primal deity who wore two crowns on her head, each representing upper and lower Egypt. And the list goes on and on of the different gods that they served and the way they dress. They, wore, uh, they They look like lions. They look like uh, vultures. They look like birds. They look like uh, uh, different thing, cows and calves. When we see those things, we also see that in our movies today. So the impact and the influence of that have traveled down through history where we see the Egyptian culture and different thing. Gods and goddesses resemble in television shows and in movies and different things that have impacted the lives of many. And they believed in magic. And they exercised magic. They prayed to different gods and different things for it to be fertile. They prayed for pregnancies. They prayed for the, the fertility of the land. They prayed for uh, an afterlife and how to be accepted into the afterlife and different things that went on in their culture, which still exists even today. Even today, people practice these things and we see uh, the different um Hinduism and and different things that are being exercised, which is all part of the culture that went on. In Egypt, gods and goddesses were the depiction of all fundamental necessities required for sustaining their life. Their life, not my life, their life. That's what they believed in that day and time. And and, uh, there are some that today, that practice, uh, a lot of different rituals unto different uh, idols that have been created, different idols that have been purchased, different things that they have found and claimed to be. many cults developed and many associations were made because of the uh, the interconnection of Egyptian idol worship. instead of Israel leaving, the idols behind them, they carry the idols and false existence of idols, uh, mean, along and provoke God. The thing that you are making excuses to hold on to, refusing to let go, can and will eventually cause a problem. Now, mean, uh, M-E-M-E, is the is an ideal or behavior or style that spreads by uh, means of imitation from person to person. We see somebody else doing something that look cool, and so we're gonna we're gonna do it too. And you know, don't look like they got in trouble, so we're gonna do it too. And uh, you know, but uh, this is within the culture of of Egypt in which they saw them doing these things, and they tried to adapt and do these things as well. And so. Uh, It's like a a meme. It's just like a virus. You know, right now we're dealing with the coronavirus. We're hearing about that all over the news. There's been a few cases that have broken out here in the the United States and uh, right here in California. And even there's a plane that uh, may have already landed in Alaska and uh, the people that were going to be tested in Alaska before they uh, flew down here to the nearby airport, Ontario airport next to us uh, to test them out. And, And so Uh, It's like a virus. It's a contaminant and and you don't want a habit. Uh, A habit, it will it it will mirror itself and it try to mirror itself in someone else. It tries to mirror itself in another person and and, and it creates nothing but death, hell and destruction. Exodus 32, one through eight. It says, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, The people gathered themselves together unto Aaron, Moses' brother and priest, and said unto him, get up, get up and make us gods, which shall go before us. For as this, for as this Moses, we don't know what has become of him. Moses, who brought us up out of land of Egypt and went up into the mountain and we haven't heard from him. God was dealing with Moses. Sometimes you need to separate yourself to be dealt with by God. The leader needs to separate themselves and hear clearly what God is saying. That's why it's important for me to to arrive at service early before anyone else and spend time in prayer. I need to hear what the Lord is saying. I, I need to pray when I'm at home, turn everything off and hear what the Lord is saying. And he may not say anything. He just may be enjoying the fact that I'm in his presence, that I am waiting for him. That's enough right there to move God. But we need to take time to just spend with the Lord. And the Lord called Moses and told him to come up. And he was dealing with Moses. And while he was away, the people told Aaron to make us gods. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings, which are in your ears, your wives and your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it of molten and made a molten calf. And they said, these be be thy gods. O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land. What a slap in the face. What an insult to God that we should turn and look to something else after the lord did the work don't give god any glory the, the, the gods he made the the molten calf crafted it made it and then proclaimed that this is the the god that brought you up out of egypt the the bible goes on to say uh, that when aaron saw it he built an altar before it he built an altar and Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. Now, he's recognizing that even tomorrow that, they, that we're going to have a service. There is a service that is to be dedicated unto the Lord. If they rose up early on tomorrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat and to drink and then they rose up to play. They realized it was service church. Let's put it this way. They knew it was gonna be church tomorrow. They still went, prepared to do what they wanted to do. They went to church, they sung, they they danced, they did all they were gonna do. And then they got up and went and did what they really wanted to do. That's not what we should be practicing. That's not something we should encourage within ourselves or anyone else. And the Lord said to Moses, get thee down. For thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. And they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. The people asked Moses, brother and priest, to make them gods. He asked for their gold. He did the work of the goldsmith, then proclaimed that this is your gods that brought you up out of Egypt, built an altar, then reminded the people that we have church tomorrow. The people went to church as usual. This is the danger. People go to church and it becomes just a habit. It becomes just a thing. This is what I do on Sundays. There's no true meaning to it in my life because they have allowed something else to take its place. They've allowed something else to take the service of God, the importance of the service of God out of them. They've allowed for something else to move God to the side and to replace him. After the people had been the service, they went on to play and do what they wanted to do. And corrupted themselves. Anything you make, you create, you 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 uh, 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 mold it, you carve it, you pick it up and carry it to wherever it need to go, put it on that shelf over there. But yet, it has no knowledge. It can't talk. It can't. Don't have ears. It don't have tongue. It can't do anything. The only thing it has is whatever you carved, but it has no spirit. Without your interaction, it's nothing. But yet people would buy it. People will call it a God. They will bow down and worship it. But it's not a sovereign God. It's only what they made it to be. You made it, then claim that it talks to you. Even claim that it gives you common sense suggestions. Sounds like magic mushrooms to me. Sound like peyote, LSD, and other hallucinogens. That's what it sounds like to me, because it's pretty crazy. God does not co-sign or encourage images to be made to represent his presence. Matter of fact, he speaks against it. In many instances, images are used to convey. A twofold message. So when you look at a statue that have a bunch of arms on it, a female with six arms, and and you look at the little fat man with the belly sticking out, and uh, you know these are conveying other uh, messages. This is not. It's not just a philosophy uh, that people say. Well, we're we're practicing the philosophy in which is no. There's much more to that than what meets the eye, and is damnable. It's destructive. They rebelled against God. You cannot hold on to evil habits and tell the Lord to conform to you. Don't do that. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God does not conform to us. We are supposed to conform to him. Romans 1 through two said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's not what they were doing, but that's what we should be doing. The Lord gave this example uh, that we should live in by his statutes, because the, the, the scripture was very claim, plain that he gave them statutes, showed them judgment, that if a man do them, he should live in them. If we are trying, if we're doing all that we can according to the word of God, which is not hard, it's not hard at all, but the Bible says that if we be conformed, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind improve what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, you're going to live and you're going to be blessed. Again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson with uh, Cornerstone Apostolic Church. I pray that what has been said has been a blessing to you and will enhance your walk with the Lord. Uh, I I pray that you would uh, uh, join in with us again on Sunday for Sunday Morning Live at 8 a.m. And in the meantime, be prayerful. Read your Bibles, go to a Bible-believing church, and the Lord will bless you. Until then, see you soon.